Welcome in to the Paul Kuharski podcast. I'm Paul Kuharski from paulkuharski.com. I check off my first box, which is to mention my name three times right at the beginning. And then we dive in. Uh, we talk about the Tennessee Titans here. They are uh, heading to Houston, Texas for their second consecutive and second game of the season in the division. They're at four and two uh, atop the AFC South with a chance to get to five and two. Um, against a bad Houston Texans team that's only got one win and one tie. Um, the question is the quarterback's health, which we'll get to in a minute, but we'll start with Derrick Henry because Derrick Henry has keyed the Titans' success against the Houston Texans. If we go back three games ago against the Texans, he ran for 211 yards and two touchdowns. And two games ago, he ran for 212 yards with two touchdowns. And last game, 250 yards and two touchdowns. It's a trend there of him dominating the Houston Texans. Here's the thing. Those games going back again, 53-yard touchdown, a 94-yard touchdown, and a 52-yard touchdown. He has not been getting those big runs we talked about this last week i wrote about it last week 24 yards is his long run of the season last week against the colts he broke off a 23 yard run so to get a 200 yard game derrick henry needs a a big run something over 50 as evidenced here by these stats and, and uh, you know, he's not even halfway there so far this season. Part of that's him. Part of that's obviously an offensive line that uh, doesn't block up things the way his previous offensive lines have. It's just not as good a group. So these three uh, games over 200 yards are, three of his five games over 200 yards, the other two against Jacksonville. Houston is terrible at defending the run. They've given up a league high 988 yards, which comes to 165 yards almost a game, 5.2 yards a carry. Um, you know, that looks great for the Titans, no matter the state of their passing game. Henry's averaging 24.3 touches a game. I look at this on first blush, and I think whether it's a very limited Ryan Tannehill at quarterback because of his sprained right ankle or even the rookie Malik Willis with a very limited passing game plan doing a lot of running on his own, the Titans should be able to win this game. But then I, I looked, I figured because Derrick Henry had run for over 200 yards in these last three games, Titans didn't throw that much surely in these three games. But you go back in the 211-yard game, Tannehill was 13 for 20. In the 212-yard game, Tannehill was 30 for 41. In the 250-yard game, he was 18 for 27. Those are more passing attempts, certainly the latest two games, than you would want an injured Tannehill or a healthy Malik Willis to make in this game. And the hope would be that the Titans could shape this game in a different way 
so that they don't have to throw quite that much. Quarterback is the big question here. The Titans, uh, I'm recording on Thursday night. Tannehill didn't practice, according to the injury report, on Wednesday. According to the injury report on Thursday, he was limited. Though during the 20 minutes, which is the lightest part of practice that is open to the media, he didn't do anything. He stood with the quarterbacks. He pointed. He directed. He conversed. But I'm skeptical of just what he might have done during the closed part of practice, having done nothing during the open part of practice, which, again, is the lightest part of practice which would require the least pushing off on that ankle, the least mobility um, and all of that. And so, uh, you know, Vrabel might make a declaration on Friday. By the time you're listening to this, we might know that Tannehill is out. They might take it to Sunday. I, I tend to think they should go the cautious route here and not play him and that they should be able to win in Houston without him. That can be dangerous thinking, though, because um, <clears throat> division games don't always go the way you expect they will go. Um, because Houston, as Mike Vrabel pointed out very early in his conversation with the media on, on Wednesday, Houston – leads its opponents 99-79 through three quarters this year. It's taken all of its games really into the fourth quarter. And that doesn't mean it'll do it this time, but the Titans have scored six points in the fourth quarter this year. So the Titans need to shape a game differently, probably, than they have throughout this season. And, um, you know, Ryan Tannehill has been pressured on 26% of his plays this season. The second highest of 36 qualified NFL quarterbacks, according to Inside Edge. Only Justin Fields, second-year guy who's endured quite a struggle, at least until up, up until Chicago's upset in New England on Monday night. Only Justin Fields has been pressured more. 28.9%. The league average is 19%. So Ryan Tannehill, second most, 26%. Again, an indictment of the offensive line. But for him to get back on the field and face any NFL defense, knowing that his offensive line is giving up that kind of pressure is a flashing red danger light to me. And, you know, do you buy him another week and get him to Kansas City? Or if it's bad, do you even buy him through Kansas City? I don't think the Titans are beating Kansas City no matter who's at quarterback. If you brought back Dan Marino or Joe Montana, I don't know that they'd be beating him. Or let's go with Warren Moon or Steve McNair. So um, some danger there. I, I know a lot of people have a lot of faith in Malik Willis. Um but Malik Willis um, is not ready for anything like a full plate. Um, so if it's a Malik Willis start, it's a limited plan. Let's go back for a second to uh, Derek Henry and just get his thoughts on the idea that he's got, you know, Houston's number. Um, every year is different. I was going to try to live in the past. Um, 
you know, had some good games, but, you know, every year is different. So can't go out there, expect anything, just take it day by day and get ready for Sunday. So he's not buying that past history uh, means anything for him going forward. I am. Um, his past history plus Houston's terrible run defense. Sticking with Malik Willis for a minute, Todd Downing, you know, talked about getting Malik Willis on the field for a handful of snaps, might have been three or four. I don't have that right in front of me. But ultimately, they tried to hand off to him on a jet sweep type play against the Colts. He botched it. He dropped it. The Titans turned the ball over and survived it, which was fine. But Downing talked on Thursday about kind of having Willis on the field not involved in a couple plays, what that does to a defense or what they intended for it to do, and the potential for that maybe to expand some when both quarterbacks are are fine and healthy. He's such a, a talented athlete, and uh, you know we all remember from the preseason. You know, I think he has the the longest run to date, including preseason. You know, so looking for ways to have him on the field, and then the first couple times he was on the field, it was you know make them say, hey, they got two quarterbacks out there, and we were just running a, a bread and butter scheme. So um, you know a little bit of a balance there, and obviously had the exchange issue on the one. Um, it's a well blocked play. Cody Hollister did a great job. We get that exchange uh, you know i think we're talking about a, a pretty big play there so you know we'll, we'll see where that expands and and uh, how far we want to go with that so there's downing on that that's something to keep an eye on once they're back to normal um a defensive note if you haven't read it at paulkuharski.com this week if you're foolishly not a member of paulkuharski.com mike herndon our analytical voice uh, had a great piece on Bud Dupree, who had a great game against the Colts. He breaks down some film of Dupree, has some numbers about what the Titans do pressure-wise and sack-wise when Dupree is on the field and when Dupree's not been on the field last year as he struggled some to come back from his ACL tear the year before in Pittsburgh. This year when he's missed some time with a hip injury, um, he knows, I know people are frustrated at the time Bud has missed, but the time Bud has been on the field and certainly this Colts game, you can see what a difference maker he is. Go read that piece if you haven't already. And if you're not a subscriber price of a cup of coffee or a, um, cocktail, it's well worth your while. Um, one of the new guys on the team, along with uh, an offensive lineman who's on the practice squad, this guy's on the 53, Chris Connolly, a receiver. Titans continue to churn at receiver, and God, they need help. Connolly isn't the fastest guy by any means, um, but he's, he's a, an effective blocker, I think an effective route runner. The question we always ask when somebody comes in like this at a position of need, immediate need, um, and the Titans are down to Mason Kinsey being on the field. Um, and you've heard my complaints about Cody Hollister playing so much. They need better than that. They always talk like a guy could come in and be an immediate contributor. And then they rarely give a chance 
to said guy to be an immediate contributor. Conley's an experienced guy. He's played 102 games. He's got 62 starts. This is his eighth season. They've talked about the blocking emphasis, of course, and Connolly can can block. Um, but he um, he was with the Texans in 2021 and 2022, so certainly comes in and can offer some intel on that. Here's Downing again, this time talking about the opportunity ahead of the newest Titan receiver, Chris Connolly. You know, I've been very impressed with his study habits and how quickly, uh, you know, he's shown a commitment to learn the offense. I mean, the second he got here, he was in there with Rob Moore and working with Eric Frazier, just getting the terminology down and kind of going Spanish to English on, on some things. And, and so I've been very impressed with Chris. Uh, we'll see where that, that goes, uh, you know, what our numbers look like from a, an active standpoint. That's always, you know, a decision that, that I'll hear from down the road. But uh, you know, I think that he's worked very hard to be able to contribute if his numbers call. So again, that sounds good. I like the sound of that. Is it actually going to go into practice? Are we going to see Chris Connolly active on Sunday? If he's active on Sunday, will we see them actually put him on the field for any meaningful number of snaps? If they put him on the field for any meaningful number of snaps will they throw him the damn football i tend to think the ultimate answer to that question will be no maybe he plays maybe he plays some snaps are they going to get him the ball they seem to be very very slow to incorporate a guy where you see other teams Trade for a guy, sign a guy at a position of need, create a package for him, find a way to get him on the field um, and and make things happen. The Titans do that that defensively. Terrence, Terrence, Terrence Mitchell played very quickly, right? We see defensive backs. Joe Schobert, a linebacker, played pretty quickly after he arrived right mario edwards played pretty quickly after he arrived so defensively it doesn't seem to be that much of an issue um offensively and skill position wise it seems like it is more of an issue um and that can be really frustrating um if they can make it work and brable's terrific at making it work at some positions, I don't understand why it's not a thing that works at other positions. Now, Josh Gordon, they decided ultimately wasn't good enough, so that's fair. But he didn't get a big game opportunity to to, to prove himself. Um, and I find it hard to believe he wouldn't have been better than Mason Kinsey. I do know that Mason Kinsey knows the offense, right? He's not going to miss a block. We know that. And we know for the Titans – Number one quality in a wide receiver isn't catching the ball. It's blocking. So Connolly's a good blocker. We know that. I thought this was interesting. This is from Connolly. This is um, his perception from eight years in the league um, with uh, the Texans most recently, the Jaguars, the Chiefs, his perception of the Titans and what their identity is. 
I can say that from my perspective, I've always thought the Titans were a physical team. I thought that they were a team that didn't let you dictate what they were going to do. They're not going to let the defense dictate how they run the ball. They're not going to let the, the defense dictate how they throw the ball. They uh, have a solid identity of who they are, and they're going to execute that better than you execute yours. On to Austin Hooper. Austin Hooper had four games with one catch and one game with two catches, and he maxed out twice at 19 yards. Against the Colts, behold, he appears, has three catches for 56 yards, and he is an important contributor. Those three catches are big plays against the Colts. Todd Downing, who uh, we're featuring a lot here, said, don't count your chances, just make your chances count cute cliche catchphrase here's how bad it's gotten in terms of a expectations for austin hooper b expectations for the titans passing game we're excited titans fans are excited titans media is taking note of three catches from Austin Hooper for 56 yards because of his lack of production up until this point, up until game six. And that three catches for 56 yards was only the 10th most among tight ends in week seven, right? With uh, what, 28 teams playing. I think there were four on buys. So look, is it something? Yes. Is it a lot better than he's been doing? Yes. Is it, you know, why check Delaney Walker hundred yard type of games that for a long time were a staple of the Titans offense when they were insufficient um, at, at wide receiver, like they're insufficient now, like they're maybe more insufficient now. Well, it's barely halfway there. So, you know, be excited. Don't be too excited. And let's see him do it again. Let's not have this be this, this flash. And then he disappears for a long time. Let's have him be a regular feature. Build on it. We've seen guys, you know, flash for a week. Chig Aquanco did something for a week and we said, Oh, everybody uh, now Chig Chig is a part of the offense. We're going to see this. And we haven't heard from him since. We saw Kyle Phillips in the opener. Well, he got dinged up. We haven't heard from him since they need when a guy emerges like this to say, Hey, there it is. Let's build on it instead of, yeah, it was a good, good thing for him against the Colts. And now we're on to the Texans and we'll see what happens against them and who, who happens against them speaking of kyle phillips kyle phillips is the 13th titan currently on uh, injured reserve his shoulder had healed up and then last friday he pulled or did something to his hamstring <coughs> excuse me so people come to me all the time they tweet me they dm me uh, email me, you can email me, pkuharski at gmail.com. About that, uh, you got to fire the Titans strength and conditioning staff. And I, I defend the Titans strength and conditioning staff because I think a lot of these injuries are, are fluke injuries. Uh, soft tissue stuff is uh, annoying. 
I think only maybe half of these injuries of the 13 are soft tissue stuff, but I don't know how Kyle Phillips pulling a hamstring or doing whatever he did unseen to the media at Friday practice winds up being a strength and conditioning guilty move. Um, and I think some of them, and they were down at the beginning of the season. I think they did better. Players have to do better when they're away from the team in February, March, half of April. They have to do better when they're away from the team in, you know, a good part of June and a good part of July. Um, and I think some stuff's just unlucky. I don't know if Harold Landry's torn ACL, um, you know, maybe nine days before the season started. I don't know if it was non-contact. I know it's unlucky, but at any rate, you know, I asked Vrabel about this. Titans have 13 guys on IR. I compared it to the division. As of Wednesday, the Jaguars had three. Texans had six. The Colts had six. I also looked, uh, you know, Houston's the next opponent, six. Chiefs after that, four. Broncos, 10. Packers, four. You know, these are concerning numbers. I asked Vrabel, you know, said in the past, you've said you don't feel like your injuries are out of whack with the rest of the league. I read him these numbers. I said, you know, is it something to look at? Do you feel, you know, like a year later, do they feel out of whack with the rest of the league? And he said, you know, we're trying to coach up the guys who are out there right now. And we're worried about the Texans. I think, um, you know, increasingly, the longer it goes where they seem out of whack with the league, you have to investigate, you know, turn over every rock and and try to see if there's what's there, what's going on, why it's happening. Um, you know, we don't know how many of them are season ending. We don't know. Uh, we know Landry's season ending. We know Lawan's season ending. We know uh, A.J. Moore's season ending. I might be missing one or two. A couple of them are up in the air. You know, Racy McMath sounded like has a chance to come back late in the season from his hip, which is not a soft tissue injury, by the way. But I feel, you know, your angst over these injuries. Um and you're fortunate that Mike Vrabel's able to, able to overcome a lot of these. Like the defensive front certainly would be better with Harold Landry. But it's done a hell of a job without him. But now, Wednesday, Thursday, Jeffrey Simmons hasn't practiced with, the, with an ankle. Um, and Rashad Weaver hasn't practiced either. I'm trying to call up that injury report and see uh, – Remind myself what that injury is. Weaver is back. Didn't practice. So there's half of the, the good defensive front not playing. Uh, not playing because of injuries. Now, uh, you hope they'll be all right and able to go to some level, but we'll see. What else we have here? I've got, uh, let me get back to my list. <clears throat> Blake Benningfield, 
former Titan scout for 19 years, writes weekly previews and reviews from a scouting perspective about the upcoming opponent and then the game that was just played. So um, this podcast comes out on Friday mornings, as does Blake's um, preview. So you want to read what he has to say about the Colts. I'm sorry, about the Titans against the Texans. Be sure to check that out. Another big bonus of membership. And I leave you, as usual, with uh, a couple key statistics. This is an interesting one to me. Um, since week four, the Titans have targeted running backs 33% of the time, 22 of their 66 pass plays. That's second highest in the NFL behind only the Texans. So be on the lookout for passes to running backs on both sides of this. The Texans are throwing to running backs nine and a half times a game. That's mostly Rex Burkhead and Damian Pierce, the emergent Damian Pierce. Um, and um, I don't know if I mentioned, I don't think I did. Uh, at any rate, I wanted to plug two pieces this week. I think I mentioned Vrabel's magic. Um, the move he made with Imani Hooker playing nickel against the Colts and, and Andrew Adams at safety, something you could read at the site this week, plus the Titans' transformation at third down, where in 2020 they were record bad, and now they are the best third down defense in the league overall. And the stat to go with that is that the Titans defense has allowed a passer rating of just 34.5 on third down on 52 pass attempts this season. That is the best in the league. And the league average is 87 and a half. Titans allowing 34.5 passer rating on third down. The league is allowing 87.5. Pretty ridiculous difference there. Um, I'm going to World Series game two in Houston. Moved up my flight on Saturday and Mattress Mac, who's a friend of and now an employer of John McClain, was a guest on Outkick 360 this week and uh, hooked me up. Pretty unbelievable. So uh, I'm sad as hell that my Yankees aren't in it, but uh, I wouldn't be seeing the Yankees in it Saturday night because I'd be in Houston, Texas. So pretty cool. First World Series game of my lifetime. Uh, I'm really, really excited. And I'll come back with stories to tell about that and about the Titans against the Texans at Reliant Stadium on Sunday afternoon. So a busy trip to Houston this weekend. I know I'll probably see some of you there. I know you guys traveled really well. And the trip to Houston has been, uh, last one was really busy with titans fans so if you're going down safe travels if you're watching at home have a big football weekend i appreciate all of you and i encourage you don't block the box but please please lock lock your locks mm -hmm.